morning. Uh, Darren Kleeman is going to come and speak to us, and uh, Darren's from uh, Mount Vernon, Missouri, which uh, I've never been to and didn't even know there was a Mount Vernon, Missouri, but there is one, and yep. uh, we're glad that he's going to be here. He has pastored churches in uh, the western part of our state and also recently in Ohio, and now God's uh, dropped him and his family into Dexter to start uh, Miles City Christian, so we're excited to have Darren come. Come on, Darren. Okay. Let him know. Hey. Thanks, Dave. Ah, oh, thank you. I am so excited to be here. Um, I have a story that I have to tell before I start a message, because I think some of you might think it's interesting. Uh, let me set up the story with this. There is a church planting, a church starting organization in Missouri called Move. They start Christian churches. They start churches that typically are not affiliated with a denomination that um, are usually elder-led and churches that, that are trying to reach out to the community and, and grow the kingdom. And, and so the, the move had on their heart several years ago to start churches in southeast Missouri. After the last census, a lot of people woke up and went, wow, southeast Missouri is having some struggles there. there people aren't in church for some reason. There's a lot of people that have given up on church. And so Move said, let's go start three churches in Poplar Bluff, Dexter, and Sykeson over the next several years. So they got a team together. They said, Poplar Bluff, we'll go there first. They sent a team here a few years ago to Poplar Bluff to check out the area to see, is there a good location that we could meet in? Is there, is there, what are the other churches doing? And when they got here, this is what I thought you might find interesting. They scratched their head. They came across a church that really puzzled them. It was a church that met in a hotel. <laughs> they came across the Bluff Church and they went, wait a second. They're, they're kind of a new church. They, they're, they're doing what we're getting ready to do. Why would we double up? They came, they checked you guys out. And what I think is interesting is sometimes you don't know who's watching. <laughs> you know, you never know that someone else is actually paying attention to what you're doing. And they, they, they went home and they said, well, let's just pause our Poplar Bluff plans. Let's just pause. Let's see what the Bluff Church does. Let's see how well they take off and what goes on. And, and let's just keep on trucking. And, and so a couple of months ago, it took them a while to raise some funds to find me. Hello, I'm here. I moved my family to Dexter. I'm living there now. And, and get this, I'm living in Dexter because you guys exist. <laughs> You know, sometimes you don't know how it's a small world and the things that affect each other. But I'm really excited about my plans right now. I've been doing a lot of thinking about the church, and that's what I want to talk with you about today. I love the fact that you are a church for those who've given up on church. I think the, if we look in Scripture, what was the church supposed to be? What was it supposed to look like? I think when we look into Scripture and we see... I don't know if we see the same thing that we might see in our American culture. That church, that church was something different. And today I wanna, I'm going to preach on one verse. In fact, nope, nope. I'm going to preach on three words in that one verse. The very first teaching on the church, when Jesus first spoke about this idea of a church, how did he describe it? And what's the church supposed to look like? 
So uh, before I get to that verse, here's Jesus. He turns to his disciples. He's getting ready to, to provide the very first teaching on the church. And he begins the conversation not talking about people. He begins the conversation by talking about himself. So what are people saying about me behind my back? Matthew chapter 16. Well, what's the word on the street about me? When the disciple says, Jesus, you won't believe it. I actually talked to this guy that thought you were Jeremiah come back from the dead. Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. I talked to someone that thought you were Elijah that rode down on that fiery chariot. <laughs> I guess you, you got off and came back, you know. Yeah, I talked to someone. They thought you were Johnny B. Johnny B. Who, who's Johnny B? Johnny B, you know, John, John the Baptist. Yeah, I didn't know... I didn't know we called him Johnny B. That's kind of random. Okay, okay. Uh, well, Jesus, bottom line is this. Everyone we talk to agrees that you are some sort of a prophet. Jesus says, okay, okay. Follow-up question. What about you? Who do you say I am? And that's when Peter stands up and gives that great sentence. And he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And the church goes, yes, we're writing that down. We like that one. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus turns and Jesus likes it too. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Bar means son of. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And then here's my sentence. He's now is going to teach about the church. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That's the very first teaching on the church. Does that sound like the church in America you know? And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So let me take my hand, let me reach into this verse, and let's pull out our first word. I want to pull out the word Rock. Rock. What a great word to use for the church. When Jesus used the word rock here, he began a debate that's been going on for 2,000 years. The debate goes like this. One side stood up and said, we know what the rock is. The rock is Peter. He just said so. You are Peter, and on this rock, I'll build my church. The name Peter means rock. It's a play on words. Makes sense. Yeah, you are rock, I'll build my church. And, uh, and he's pointing. He's pointing when he says this. Can't you see him pointing in your head when you read this? And you are Peter, and on this rock. And he points to Peter. And Peter's the man who stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached, and thousands of people came forward. Remember that? And Peter's the very first pope. What? 
Yeah, he's the first pope. There you go. And this, this is that one view. They're standing up and they're saying, we know what Peter is. We know what the rock is. It's Peter. And then this other view jumps up and goes, whoa, 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 wait a second. You missed the point. It's not Peter. It's what Peter said. Jesus goes out of his way after this great line. You are the Christ, the son of God. And he says, he says, okay, Simon, son of a man. You're just flesh and blood. That's all you are. But what you just said is from the Father. Yeah, th this is from God here. And, and you're Peter, and he, it's a play on words, but he's not pointing. He, he's pointing at Peter's mouth. And you're Peter, and on this rock, I'll build my church. That's what you just said. And these two sides go on and on for 2,000 years. I'm going to push that whole debate aside, and I'm still holding the rock. And I'm asking this question this morning. Why do you use a rock? This is the very first introduction to the church that we have in Scripture, and he could have used any illustration he wanted. He could have said, You are wind, and with this breeze... I will blow my church. He could have said, you are water. And with this wave, I will crash my church against the shore. What, what's, he trying, what's he trying to communicate to us? By using the word rock, that this church is on, is on a rock. What's he saying? Jesus intended for his church to be stable. He intended for his church to be a rock, the source of stability in a world of instability. And our world needs more stability in it. There is so much instability in our world today. It's a few weeks ago, I uh, just moved to town. I've got six kids. Got this whole crew. Took them down to the Boot Hill Youth Museum in Malden. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the Boot Hill now. It's time to go, right? Yeah, stopped at Hardee's afterwards. Going to Hardee's. Anytime I walk into a restaurant, it's like the Amish have arrived. You know, all these, all these, this whole big family comes in, you know, and 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 everyone always says the same thing. Anytime my family shows up, they always say, Wow, you brought everyone. How do you know? No, I left the other 12 at the house. How do you know everyone's here? It's like because it's impossible to have more kids than what you have right now. Whoa, you must have brought everyone. Yeah, so I come in, you know, we have all these kids. We, we take our order. I order a big hot ham and cheese. We go and we sit down and we're getting ready to have that family time. We're going to pray. We're going to enjoy this meal. And the lady, the young lady who took our order, she comes around the counter. She comes over to my table and she just stood there next to my chair. Hey. <laughs> and she just kind of said, hi, how you doing? Good, yeah. Like, <laughs> this kind of weird. <laughs> and and honestly, there's a part of me I was, I'm a friendly guy, but I'm getting ready. I want to pray with my family. I want to eat my hot ham and cheese. And I'm like, I kind of want her to go away. She started a conversation. So these are all your kids. 
No, I just found some of them. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep, yeah, yeah, they're all my kids, yep. He said, they all look happy. Said, yeah, we're a pretty happy, happy crew. Yeah, we're usually pretty happy. I bet you go to church. I said, yeah, I, we do go to church. In fact, I'm a minister. I'm going to be starting a new church in Dexter. Do you go to church? I've been a couple times. Said, oh, okay. Uh, you go with your parents or your family? My mom threw me out of the house a few weeks ago. Oh. Oh, your mom threw you out of the house. H- how old are you? I'm 17. But I'm still going to graduate. I said, oh, okay. That's great. Where, where are you living? I moved in with my ex-boyfriend's parents. But they told me I had to start paying rent, so I had to get this job. I said, oh, okay. Wow. I begin a conversation with a young lady. And, and what I'm doing is I am experiencing just the wrestle I think that the church has right now. Where it, it could be so easy for us to just sit around our table and say our little prayer and hold hands and enjoy our little fellowship and eat our little food and we're doing just fine when there's so much instability all around us. It's everywhere. You don't have to go very far to find someone's life who's falling apart. Someone's family who's, who's, that's falling apart. Someone's, someone's whole situation, their whole world. Our world is so messed up right now and so unstable that we, we don't even know what the definition of a boy is anymore. That's how unstable everything is. And in this unstable, rocky world, Jesus came up with the idea of a rock. This, this, this church built on something that's going to be a foundation for others, an anchor in a messed up world. That's what Jesus thought of when he thought of the church. Is that what you see when you see the church today? Because that's the church I want to be a part of. A church that's providing that stability for others. Let's grab my hand. Let's reach in again. Let's grab a second word. The second word is the word my. (laughs) My, he says. Now, sometimes when you use the word my, you're not talking about ownership. That's the first thing we think of. You know, little kids, it's mine, 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 you know. But sometimes we say my, and we're talking about a relationship. This is my wife, who's not here this morning. I had a little kid get sick this morning. Sunday morning, always happens Sunday morning, doesn't it? <laughs> my poor wife had to leave her behind. My wife. She's mine. That's not because I own her. It's because I have a relationship. It's describing that relationship between me and her. These are my children. I don't own them. This is my friend. This is my church. Anyone ever hear you say, hey, you got to come to my church? Yeah, you're not, you're not saying you own the church. You're talking about a relationship that you have with the church. That's okay to do. But sometimes when we say my, we are talking about ownership. These are my keys. That's my car. This is my shirt. I own these things. Those are my shoes. These are my glasses. I am talking about ownership. When Jesus used the word my here, which my is he using? 
when he says, and on this rock, I will build my church. He's talking about ownership. I own this thing. I will build my church. The way he phrases it lets us know this is his. And when he came up with the idea of church, and as he's teaching us about the church from the very first time, he's teaching us about a community of people that will be all about him. Jesus intended for his church to be all about him. It's all focused on him. Turn to the person behind you right now and tell them, it's not about you. Yeah. Now, tap the person that just told you that. Tap them on the shoulder. Get their attention and say, well, it's not about you either. <laughs> you see, churches, there's so many churches that, 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 that get lost in whose church it is. It's all about Jesus Christ. It is the source of stability for a community, but it is his church, make no mistake. And we use his book and we go by his guidelines. And I am not anti-denomination, but I love, I love the fact that you're not affiliated with the denomination. I love it. And I love, I'm going to be starting a church not affiliated with the denomination. And one reason I love it is because I have the freedom to pick up God's word and say, Lord, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to believe? And, and I don't want to, uh, there's great teachers in this world and that's fabulous. And we, it, it's great to be connected to a fabulous teacher and you want that, but, but I want to just pick up God's word and say, Lord, there's all these voices out here, but I want to know what do you say and where will you lead me? Because I want to be a part of a church that's all about him. It's his church. Now the exciting word. This is my favorite word in the passage. Do you know which one it is? Grab the, my hand, I stick it in. I pull out the word gates. The word gates. The third word is gates here. Oh, I love this word. For years, I didn't even notice it was there. I preached this passage so many times I taught it, I've heard it preached, I never noticed that the word gates was there. And so I always had this kind of an application. I would say, okay, well, the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. What this means is that when the church is being attacked, we'll be able to stand our ground. No matter what kind of gossip or temptation or or trials our church may have we can we can all hold together we can all be strong because the gates of hell will not prevail against us and then one day i'm reading that verse and i come across that word gates and i just look at that word and i think gates when do i see my enemy's gates Imagine, imagine that this curtain was a wall and we are the residents of a city and on this wall is, is our lookout. He's got his big telescope and he's, he's watching for enemies and, and he begins to sound the alarm. Oh no, everybody! Our enemy's coming! 
we all run to the gate, the, our gates, and we look up our wall and we say, who is it? He's like, it's everyone. They're bringing everyone. They've got swords. Oh no, they've got shields. <gasps> they have chariots. Oh no, chariots. <gasps> what is it? What do they have? It's terrible. You're not going to believe it. They, they're bringing their gates. They're, no, not their gates. They're, really? Yes. They've taken their gates off of their city walls. And they're dragging them across the fields. They're bringing their gates to us. What are we going to do? Oh, no. And that's when the Bible student stands up and says, I have a great application for this moment. Do not worry. For the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And everyone goes, oh, good. Isn't that a stupid application? But that's how I was viewing this verse for so long. Like, like, like we're a bunch of scared critters in our home being attacked by the evil one. And then all of a sudden I look at this word gates and I go, wait a second. If this is gates... This is not us being attacked by our enemy. This is about the church. We're rounding up our friends. Let's get everyone. Let, let's get our swords. Let's grab our shields. Let's get in our chariots. Let's walk through our gates. And let's go over to our enemy's gates. You like this? We go to our enemy's gates and we start pounding on their gate. We start trying to kick down their door. Oh, and we start pounding because we are attacking them. Jesus intended for his church to be on the offensive. He intended for his church to be a dynamic force moving out into the community, into this world, to affect change for the kingdom of God. That was his idea when he first mentioned it. It's not this huddled group together enjoying their hot ham and cheese. It is this force that's all about Jesus. It's a rock for him that's on the offensive and going. And when we're pounding on the gates of hell, and we're pounding and pounding, and we begin to get tired. We begin to get weary as we pound and pound, and we go, I don't know if we're going to get in. That's when a Bible student stands up and says, hey guys, I have a great application for this moment. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. Oh, keep kicking. Keep pounding, because this gate's going to come open. This gate's going down, and when it does, we are going to go into hell itself, and we're going to take down our, we're going to take our hands and place them on souls, and we're going to rip them from death itself, saving people's eternal lives. That, my friends, that's the purpose of the church. We are an army that's supposed to gather together and move out together to conquer together. And it's not about us, it's all about him providing stability in an unstable world.
I look at the very first teaching that Jesus had on the church, and I go, this is not something to give up on. There is something exciting here. There is something thrilling here. And I'm really excited to do it. And I'm learning right now. I've never started a church, and I am so excited to be building a relationship with a group that has. <laughs> because you have some experience and some know-how that could come in very handy for me, and I'm right down the road. <laughs> and so my prayer is that we could even have a great relationship because I would love to learn from you as I take off on my family adventure in starting this new church in Dexter. Let's all pray together. Lord, what a blessing it is to be here today, to be surrounded with, with a community that, that loves you, that's actually been through a lot. And thank you for just the time I've been able to spend with Dave and for with Brett and and Lord, I pray that my relationship with the Bluff Church would just continue to be strong and positive and grow, that we could be a blessing to each other. Lord, wherever you lead me, I'm willing to follow. And so far, you're, you've led me to the wonderful town of Dexter. And Lord, I, I just pray right now for the upcoming weeks. Lord, I pray that there would be a, a church that would be all about you, that would be planted there, that would be a blessing to the community. It's in your son's holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing.